This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A Athletics. It's a special edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale with you on a Sunday night. Uh, normally, we we don't do this until early in the week, but Shane, some interesting developments have happened over the last few days. Obviously, there was a football game played on Friday night. Uh, no, nope, we did. No, there wasn't. Nope, I don't recall any such game. Well, we we did a live show on Periscope for two hours and four minutes. I don't remember that uh, either. During the second half of said game, uh, and it was a bad game for the Wildcats, and we'll just move on past that. We all know what happened. But fortunately, I think it's fair to say, as I have predicted, for every now and then I get one right, Shane, uh, Kevin Sumlin uh, was dumped as Arizona's head coach on Saturday, and uh, he is being paid a $7.5 million buyout, which is – Ridiculous for a fired football coach. So Eric, you, you were Eric. So we're recording this. So so you so have it on record. I'm going to say it. Okay, mm-hmm. you were right. Oh my and gosh! I was, and I was wrong. And within an hour of said game that didn't happen on Friday, mm-hmm. I realized that you were going to be right because there was no way that Arizona could have could. could I was trying to think um, after we we did our live stream on on Friday, Eric, of a a single more embarrassing loss in my 40 year I've been on the planet for 40 years and change of in Arizona football history since I've been alive I can't think of one and I know I want to be careful with recency bias and, and all that but the sheer embarrassment of losing like that to your arch rival on national television as part of a double digit school record losing streak that is bottom of the bottom of the bottom and something had to be done. I, I still, I'm not sure that Dave Hickey's intention going into that game was to fire Kevin Sumlin, but I'm sure that it absolutely was as soon as it was over, probably by halftime. All right. Uh, let me say this. I, I felt, uh, first of all, you said that when we did our, our post game or our, our, during the game stream that you knew that someone was going to be fired. I, I felt that he was going to be fired regardless. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't lose 11 games in a row. They were going to find somebody to get rid of him. But I think when it was 14 nothing in the first 50 seconds, it, I think we all knew it, it was Kevin Sumlin's tenure was was over. And, um, you know, that's fine. I'm glad he's gone. Uh, I You know, normally I would thank somebody for their contributions to the program, but I don't think there are very many good things that Kevin Sumlin did for this program. Um, I, you know, we're going to speak to Marcus Griffin, who played for under Rich Rod for three years, and we'll ask him his thoughts. But he has been outspoken on Twitter uh, saying that, you know, Kevin Sumlin has done mostly bad things, um, and and he's glad that uh, that someone's gone. We're going to find out why uh, he says that. So, looking forward to have Marcus on the podcast. Uh, there's nothing that I can think of over the last three years of Arizona football that's been good. Um, I I can't think of one thing that that stands out. It's Chris, amazing Chris, the sheer number of U of A alums, former players, who just came out on social media during the game, even by like like the end of the first quarter, just to share their disgust. With the program, you know, and there were some guys we talked even earlier in the week, like Samaje Grant and BJ Denker, about uh, the culture and, and not really being respected as alumni at Arizona under Kevin Sumlin. But you got guys like Marcus Griffin was one of like maybe like the the leader there on during the game as far as guys just to uh, speak out 
on social media about the direction of the program. And there are a bunch of others who pile on after that. And you and I both I got texts from former players as well. I don't want to mention who, uh, just about, you know, like what the heck is going on here? And, uh, you know, guys we've had on the program and other, other people we, we happen to, to have uh, talked to over the years. And I don't remember a single game where you had so many alumni upset at one time, like guys who actually played for that program. And so that combined with, with the sheer humiliation of the game itself, you know, again, if, if Dave Hickey's intention wasn't to fire someone before the game, it absolutely was at the end of it. For those of you, if you, if you missed it, uh, Arizona was scheduled to play at Cal uh, in, in the game next week. And that game has been canceled uh, as there are not enough healthy scholarship players on both sides is the excuse who knows if that is the case for Arizona? I'm sure Cal, uh, that very well could be it. Also, that they probably weren't allowed to play games up in Berkeley right now, so it didn't really make a lot of sense for that either. But uh, so the Wildcats are done. Zero and five. You know they had a good first game to start against against USC. But Shane, getting back to your point from a couple minutes ago, I don't think you will as long as you live, uh, and hopefully many, many more years. And, and same here. Uh, I do not think we will see a more embarrassing Arizona football game. Uh, I sure you, as hell hope not. No, I mean, you're not going to lose. ASU is not beating you by 63 for the rest of our lives. This is the worst Wildcat football game uh, that we'll ever see. So now that it's done, uh, the coaching carousel is fully in motion. Kevin Sumlin is gone. And um, there are a list of front runners. And we talked about some names on our stream on uh, Friday night. Let's go over a couple of, of the hot names right now. Um, one that has been mentioned, uh, Shane, you don't want retread. So let's start with the retread category. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, former mm. coach at Washington and USC, current offensive coordinator at Alabama, has been mentioned. Uh, yay or nay? No. absolutely uh, Nay, officially nay. Uh, let's see. He went 34-29 and 29 in five years at Washington. Never won more, more than five games in the conference. He went to USC. He was there for a year and a half. Obviously was dismissed in the second year. We all know what happened. Uh, had a... Uh, 667 winning percentage, won two thirds of his games. The exact same winning percentage as Clay Helton. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm sorry. If my grandmother were still alive, she could coach USC to win two thirds of their games. Okay. That's the bare minimum there. So I know he's coached on, you know, under Nick Saban for a while at Alabama, but uh, no, no, I want, I want a fresh name. I, I, you know, I, if we're going for big name again, didn't work out well last time. We were all excited about the name, Kevin Sumlin. Didn't work out well. I'd rather have a boring name. I want a boring name. I want someone that most people who aren't hardcore college fans haven't heard of before. Steve Sarkeesian ain't it. Okay. Um, so we we pretty much, the, the retread category, I know people are going to mention Gus Malzahn, who was, who was dumped at Auburn. I don't think Malzahn's going to have any interest in that job. He was making a hell of a lot more money at Auburn. Um, he doesn't have any West Coast ties, was a high school coach in Arkansas, uh, if you remember back in the day. And um, yeah, there's really no, he's a Southeast kind of guy. He's a guy that will get, another job, you know, another big time job there in the SEC. But right now he'd, he'd probably be a decent fit for Vanderbilt um, if they decided to go that route. I don't Did they already hire somebody? I don't, I don't know, but he'd be another one. You know, he'll get a job in the South. He's not, he's not one. So let's start thinking about guys that, that haven't been fired before. Um, Arizona's last two coaches they've had, Rich Rodriguez was previously fired and Kevin Sumlin, same thing. So let's, let's look under the Mike Stoops route, maybe a core, a hot coordinator or a coach that maybe is on the way up. And the top name, a um, couple of names that we had, we had bantered about, uh, Jay Norvell from Nevada and of course Brent Brennan from San Jose State. It looks as though Brennan is the leader in the clubhouse. Your thoughts on Brennan thus far? Yeah, I'd be good with Brett Brennan. The more I, I learn about him, the more I like. Um, I I made a pros and cons list. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please, please. Okay. 
So pros, uh, you know, everyone wants Arizona. Well, a lot of people anyway, like Lance Briggs came out and said, we need someone who played at Arizona or has Arizona ties. Well, Brent Brennan has Arizona ties. He was a graduate assistant under Dick Tomey his last year at Arizona in 2000. Very close. Uh, he spoke at um, Coach Tomey's uh, celebration of life service that Arizona put on and, and called him a mentor and his uh, his football dad. So he has ties to the program. And obviously his brother, Brad Brennan, uh, mm-hmm. played at Arizona as a wide receiver. Uh, Brent was a wide receiver at UCLA. Brad was a wide receiver at Arizona. Brad, by the way, Brad Brennan, who's now in the corporate world, uh, random fact, he led the Fujitsu Frontiers mm. to the Japanese-American Football League title in 2006. Did not know uh, there was such so a thing. Ma- means absolutely nothing in terms of pros and cons. I just thought it was a fun fact, and it's our podcast, so I'll do what I want. I wanted to mention that. Uh, San Jose State, obviously, they're 6-0. and They're headed to the Mountain West Championship. Uh, defense has been big. Even though Brennan's an offensive guy, uh, San Jose State's held opponents to 17 and a half points per game this season. They have 19 sacks in six games. Defense is a big emphasis there. So the definition of a young up and comer, I mean, he's 47, so he's not that, you know, you know, but middle of the middle of the road as far as age goes. But in terms of football coach head coaching experience, he has a lot of coaching experience in the Pac-12 as well, so he knows the area. Cons extremely small sample size with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about how, you know, the parallels between the Arizona football coaching job and ASU men's basketball. ASU took a big chance on Bobby Hurley, who had a small but but good set, uh, sample size, and it worked out. Be the same thing with Brent Brennan, but he only had one winning season, and that's this year, 6-0. and So it's like half a season. He hasn't really okay. even had a full winning season, so you have to note that. Uh, his first two years at San Jose State, they lost 11 games before they finally turned it around. The other thing is, in terms of recruiting, San Jose State still toward the bottom of the Mountain West. They were ninth this year in 2020 in uh, 24-7 sports recruiting rankings in the Mountain West. They were dead last the year before that. So they've won in spite of that. But I think, again, I'd be fine. If, if the, the hire were announced tonight or tomorrow or whenever, I'd be on board with it. Those are my concerns. Yeah, I mean, I think the small sample size is absolutely a concern. Um, and, you know, obviously it's coming from San Jose State, but – this guy worked with, um, uh, looking at his background, I believe he was a, the Oregon State uh, receivers coach mm-hmm. uh, when they had some pretty good James Rogers and they had a few other guys that went to the NFL. Um, he was, as you said, he was a GA. He was worked at San Jose State a lot, worked under Dick Tomey, um, worked under, I think it was, under, I don't know if he was there for Mike McIntyre, but but obviously uh, working at Oregon State and, you know, they pumped out some pretty good players. That was when Oregon State wasn't wasn't so bad under Mike Riley. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's he's 47, uh, would be 48 uh, in March. So young enough. And and I think one thing that, that appeals to me about Brent Brennan is this would be a destination job for him. It's not like he's going to leave Arizona to go, you know, he's not going to go. He, he's never been anywhere other than the West Coast. So where is he going to go um, outside of that? Now, some other names that are thrown out there, obviously, uh, Brian Harson from Boise State uh, and Kalani Sataki from BYU, both are at their alma maters. I just don't think either one. I know um, there are you know rumors that both are unhappy. I just don't see those as, as prime fits. Uh, the guy from Weber State, I think, is interesting. Um, Jay Hill. Jay Hill. But I, I'm sorry, but I'm not considering Weber State. First of all, they didn't coach this this year. Obviously, they're going to play in this in the spring supposedly. Um, I just I can't consider a, a FCS coach right now. I think Brennan is the guy. And there were rumors on the 24/7 message boards um, that possibly Joe Salavea 
who is the defensive line coach at Oregon, who who you like for the job, mm-hmm. uh, is being sp- spoken to in back channels, possibly to become the defensive coordinator. So if you could get Brennan with Salavea just in, in a scenario, which we don't know how likely it is. I mean, that seems like a, a dream scenario right now, doesn't it? Yeah. So, well, first of all, let's be specific. Jason Shear, 24-7 sports reporter that, so I want to give credit to him. Uh, but as far as, you know, you, Eric, you said um, on our live stream that if Kevin someone's back, you're not renewing your season tickets. Correct. I, I, I think a, a combination with, with Brent Brennan and Joe Salve as defensive coordinator – I haven't, I haven't bought season tickets in 10 years. I might buy season tickets again if that's oh, really? what happened. Oh, gosh, yes. That would be uh, – you know, sign me up today for that. I, I, I think that would be a fantastic combination. I, You know, Eric, I want to see Arizona become a great defensive school again. It's been so long. I mean, I, Arizona's had some good individual players over the years. You know, Scooby Wright, obviously, we've had on a couple times. Go check those podcasts out. They're fantastic. Uh, Mike Stoops before then, you know, they had a great defensive front for a while with Brooks Reed, Ricky Elmore and some other guys. But as far as like a complete unit, like where you think Arizona Wildcats football and you think, wow, they've got a great defense. I don't want to play them. I don't want to play their defense. You have to go all the way back to to desert swarm. Don't you? The early Mm -hmm. nineties. And, you know, Joe Salavea, he came in, played toward the end of the desert swarm era. And obviously he's done a fantastic job uh, at, at Oregon. Uh, so I think that would be a tremendous fit. It would just be a matter of, of being able to pay him enough because, you know, he's doing pretty well uh, at Oregon. And so I, I, not only would you have to make room for Brennan's salary, but you probably have to, to make Joe Salavea one of the highest paid assistants in, in the history of the program. All right. Well, let's talk about this for a second. So Brennan's making 850000 at San Jose State. Joe Salavea's making 650000 at Oregon. So you could probably get Brennan for maybe $2 million. Which uh, what was someone making two and a half, three somewhere in that ballpark? Yeah, it, it increased uh, over time, but yeah, I know, like Noel Mazzoni, for example. I, I I don't know if his salary went up. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I know uh, at the end of 2018, he was making six hundred thousand dollars a year at Arizona. So yeah, that's so- right, and that and that made him the highest paid assistant coach on on the team at the time. So if you could get if you get Brent Brennan for a discount compared to someone, okay. Mm-hmm. So someone that's two and a half, three million, you're getting Brennan for two. That's more than doubles his salary going to a school, you know, a Pac-12 school. You could probably get Salavea for seven fifty in the fact that he's calling. He would be the defensive coordinator calling plays at his alma mater. I, I can't imagine that would that he would turn that down, right? Yeah, it just depends on how comfy he is at Oregon because that's a pretty good situation he has there. Uh, yeah, so I, I, yeah. You could say that, but but why? It, listen, it's a, it's a step up in in career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to a lesser school, but it's your alma mater, and you get a you get a chance to call plays for a bigger job and more sure. money. Oh no, no, don't get me wrong. If they can make that happen, I I would be thrilled. Like I said, I just I'm skeptical that they will be able to, both in terms of money and being able to lure him away from work, which of course go hand in hand. But no, if like I said, Salve is my first pick. We did a very informal uh, Twitter poll and asked people, you know, who do you want? And I listed three choices, and then like a fourth is like, you know, like a write-in. And I had Salve at Norvell and Brennan, and over just over fifty percent said Salve. But I think that just pretty much that entire group would be thrilled if Salve was the the D coordinator with Brennan as the head coach, and, and I would be as well. Yeah, I think so too. Now, don't get me wrong; this Arizona team probably is not built for any type of success next year. I mean, you're probably looking at three wins uh, at best, three or four Mm -hmm. wins. But, you know, can we get some guys in here? Brennan seems like a passionate guy, um, and his players love playing for him. I mean, this this team has been uh, nomadic 
for the last few weeks and has been playing games at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, and he's still finding a way to win games. Yeah. I like Dave Norvell at Nevada, but he is he, he coached at ASU, he's an assistant at ASU, and he's also older. He's in his upper 50s. So to, to hire a guy a decade younger who was able to turn around a, a program that it's not a very easy place to recruit. I mean, you got the Bay Area schools up there, and among Mountain West schools, uh, I can't imagine San Jose State is you know somewhere that guys are going to really want to go. But he's found a way to turn that around. I think Brennan, to me, it seems like an easy hire. Uh, I, I if I'm Dave Hickey, I, I don't you don't need to hire a search firm for this one. Uh, post the job uh, asap and and make your hire. And I and I personally will go on record right now that I believe Brent Brennan will be hired as head coach at the University of Arizona next Sunday, a day after the Mountain West Championship game. Right. You have to consider that. They still have the Mountain West Championship game. They'll have a bowl game after that. But of course, coaches always, you know, the, it's it's common where, you know, that they, they'll step out before the their, their team's bowl games. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's got to be the front runner at this time. I mean, we're barely well, just over 24 hours as of this recording into the announcement of someone's firing. So things can always change. You could have a change of heart. Someone else could emerge. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that if, if it, the, it's going the direction that I think it's going, uh, I'm fine with that. Again, I just, you know, Brennan's, uh, San Jose State under Brennan, they have a good defense, but he's more of an offensive-minded guy. So so uh, finding a uh, an elite defensive coordinator, whether it's Salovey or someone else who can bring some guys in is is huge. I, I really want to see Arizona become a defensive powerhouse again. And like you said, it won't happen overnight, but you know, he, he did a good job turning San Jose state around in three to four years. If you know, he's able to make Arizona relevant again, at least bowl eligible again in that same timeline, then I'm all for it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think this one's going to be a, uh, it should be an easy one. And if Dave Hickey lingers and I don't think he can afford to, I think you gotta, I think you gotta strike while the iron's hot, hire Brennan, um, if he's the guy, it gets Elevate to come in here and start getting, you know, look at the transfer market. It's going to be very busy with guys, you know, being eligible to come back uh, for another year, not losing a season of eligibility by playing this year. Um, I think it's it's going to be hot. Uh, Brennan got a, a transfer quarterback from uh, Nick Starkle, who was at A&M and then at, uh, at Arkansas to come in there. I actually think he played for someone back in the day uh, to come to San Jose State, and, and he's been pretty good there. So I think Brennan would, uh, would definitely do some nice things uh, when that comes, and, and who knows who's going to be back for the Wildcats. So uh, let's hear what Marcus Griffin has to say uh, about everything, and uh, hopefully he's as optimistic as we are about the future of Arizona football. Shane, uh, one of my favorite things about about you know players in general, I like guys that are outspoken, that aren't afraid to tell it like it is, right? And Marcus Griffin, he, he played for the Wildcats for three years, 15, 16, 17. He's a, a good defensive lineman. I, I appreciated him when he, when he came to school, when he chose Arizona. And now I appreciate him because he tells what I think is probably true on Twitter at RealMG96. Marcus, thanks for joining Shane and I. Um, you have been rather outspoken about your... Uh, critique for Kevin Sumlin. Um, what's behind that? Uh, <laughs> let me be respectful. Um, let me just say this. I feel like the guys that I helped recruit to Arizona and hosts that I feel like, you know, they deserve more. Um, I still look at them as little brothers. They still call me. We still check in on each other. Uh, I actually had, you know, somebody called me uh, during the game. When Quinn got ejected, he called me. <laughs> and, wow. you know, I just feel like, those guys do a lot of work. I know how much goes into it, and I know that they don't feel appreciated. So, you know, let's put somebody in there that appreciates them and 
brings us back to the good times. Too many, too many tears. We need some more joy. Yeah, agreed, agreed. What what was it like, Marcus? I mean, I, I could probably guess. What was it like watching that game against ASU? And did, did you keep in touch with some of your, your former teammates, just like texting them during the game, whatever, like what the heck's going on? Yeah, um, I actually had family at my house. Uh, I had to go watch it at my buddy's house because I get a little intense when I watch the games. And, you know, it was a lot of alumni, Leif Frick, uh guys of that stature that reached out, and John Jacobs that just felt disappointed. You know, it's kind of heartbreaking for us to see that happen, but that's part of the game right now. Especially uh, having to come against ASU, uh, you know, I know how, how seriously Rich Rodriguez took that game, especially by the time that you had gotten there. What was that game against ASU like when you were there? And are you surprised that 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 Arizona, an Arizona football team, could fall so flat in a game like that? Uh, flashback. So when I was there, Rod just made you feel the emphasis of the week. Like, so let's say we play on Saturday. We played so and so. We have our meetings on Sunday, and he's like, you know what? It's ASU week, fellas. Nothing else matters. This is what it is. This is who we are, and this is what we need to fight for. And then, you know, we had Chuck. Chuck started coming around during the Rich Rod era. So, you know, Chuck would come down give a talk. The older guys would talk to Reggie Gilbert, you know, Will Parks, guys like that. They would shed some light for us. And, you know, you just felt you just felt inspired. You felt like you had the red Tucson, Arizona, the U of A, the Wildcat. It's a lot of people that count on you during that week. Let's talk about a happy memory for a second. Uh, 2016, you, you guys had a rough year, but uh, that game against ASU uh, didn't have to throw a pass in the second half and just ran all over them. Uh, just uh, what do you remember about that game and, and just, just the thrill of victory afterwards? So I don't think you like when you're in the moment, I don't feel like you recognize that a pass hasn't been thrown because, you know, defense runs the sideline. Coaches are, you know, they're talking about this and that. And then we like, look at the stat line and we're just like, no passes. Really? <laughs> I guess, you know, it just made it a little more fun to celebrate, honestly. All that in their face, you know, it's it's great to drink out of the cup. Did you feel when you were watching Friday night's game that the guys, some of the guys quit during the game? Uh, I wouldn't say quit. Um, I think you got to look at the situation. There's a lot going on. We're in a pandemic. Uh, so the U of A isn't what it would be right now. Kids are, you know, kind of forced with a routine, facility, school, home, things, things are kind of just tough for them on a, on that standpoint. So I didn't feel like they quit. I just felt like that was them imploding. They've had a, had enough going on and, you know, that's, that was your moment to shine, but you know, that obviously led us to know that something wasn't right. Uh, I know a lot of these guys, they're good dudes, you know, I vouch for them and I know they're not built that way. So I had to recognize something else was going on. Marcus, when you announced you were transferring for your your, your graduate year, uh, was that before or after Rich Rodriguez's dismissal? Um, so it was into play when we were in San Fran. I had a conversation with him about it. Uh, we discussed it. And then when I got back uh, and I found out about the things that, you know, he was alleged with and all yeah. that other stuff, I decided it was time for me to leave. Um, let me just speak on that. Uh, Rich Rod did a great job of, having speakers come in and talk to us about sexual misconduct, sexual assault, all during our time. So he played a big emphasis on it. So when, you know, I found out about that news, I just, I knew it wasn't true. You know, every every year since I've been there, we always had speakers in the fall, spring, and summer, just so the message hit home. You know, school starts, remember these things, guys. Treat women how you want, you know, your mom, sister, or future wife to be treated. So for me, I just, I just want to give him his homage for that because he went out the wrong way. 
when you heard Arizona, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, that had let Rich Rodriguez go and then, and then hired Kevin Stum, what was your reaction to that? Like, I mean, I know you were moving on obviously from Arizona yourself, but were you optimistic at the time that Kevin Stum could come in and do well? I think my mindset was I'm still leaving. <laughs> I don't, I don't think from that perspective, what I knew from other previous players from where he's been to that moment, I knew that, you know, just wasn't the best fit for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's, you know, done a great job of having elite recruits, but I also it's Texas A&M. I could say Texas A&M right now. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, like, I don't want to bash the guy, but I just feel like we were sold a little too hard on recruiting and, and just never paid, paid out. Talking about Kevin Sumlin, uh, just what, what do you think went wrong in those, those three years uh, at Arizona? And just from based on what you know, uh, I mean, I'm not asking like any for any inside info, obviously, but just from your perspective, what do, what do you think Kevin Sumlin, why do you think his tenure was just not successful? Let's just say culture fit. It wasn't the best culture fit. Uh, I will say this though. He did do a lot of things for the players. Like they got more meals, they got more money and they got a lot of extra necessities that we needed during Rod's time that they wouldn't ultimately give like an indoor facility. So I'll just say it was a culture fit. I would say that coach B uh, on his staff, the strength coach, has done a great job and I've heard nothing but great things from guys I played with to now. So I definitely think whoever's next should uh, interview him and keep him around. So yeah, along those lines, what should Arizona look for in its next head coach? Is it more, cause I feel like Arizona like went more like with a big name rather than like a, the right fit with Kevin Sumlin. And you know, I think a lot of people agree with that. Maybe you would as well. Is it more important to find like the guy who's like the right fit for the program as opposed to the biggest name in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at it like this, like Tucson is a very special place and you need someone that fits that social dynamic. It's it's the West Coast, but it's a little different than California, Washington, Oregon. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, let's not get sold a dream this time. Uh, I don't want to hear about, you know, recruits or anything like that. I just want to hear about a guy that has done it somewhere else and has a plan to do it here, as well as, you know, engage in alumni events and you know include the boosters and other things and just really embrace what u of a is um i think coach adia i'm right from the hoop team adia she's done a great job of doing yeah Yeah. adia she's done a great job like i follow her on twitter she's always shouting out she's always interacting you need somebody that doesn't feel like they're above everyone else you have any names that if you if dave hickey were to come to you and say hey marcus give me a name or two of who you would throw in the mix just even to be on the staff, is there anybody that you've talked to that you think, even yourself, I mean, would you ever want to get into coaching as well? I don't think I'd ever get into coaching. I think I would do it in an on-director, like, recruiting capacity. You know, okay. I definitely want to be involved in getting those guys there. And then, you know, the progressions and making sure they're fine. Uh, oh, who should they hire? All right, Dave, you should call me regardless, though. Um, let's say Billy Napier from the Cajuns, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he mean as Arizona recruiting ties, Charlie Regal, Coach Regal at Cal. Yep, yep, yep. Strong recruiting ties. Now they're all going to Cal. Um, who else is there? There's a coordinator, a uh, defense coordinator at Oklahoma, who was at Wazoo previously. Alex that, Grinch. You know, yeah, Grinch. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a monster. That's a that's a sleeper. Okay, it's a all sleeper. Right. Uh, obviously, I you know I call Rich Rod. He's in Tucson still. Why not? You know, why not call and see what's going on? Uh, for the final, Joe Salvea, Coach Joe. That man is a Tucson legend, and he's a legend anywhere he's been. Um, and I think it's time somebody gives him a formal interview. He's one of my top choices as well, uh, as Joe. I'd love to have him back in Tucson. My last question for you, Marcus, and we appreciate your time on such short notice. Uh, 
how good can Arizona football be? I mean, they're, they're rarely, you know, a national championship contender, you know, in 2014, they went to the Fiesta Bowl. They've had the great years here and there, but they haven't really been a perennial top 25 team, at least not for a long time. You get the right guys in, you get, you know, recruiting, you get the right culture fit and everything. How good do you think this program can be? I mean, if you lie down the state of Arizona recruiting wise, you can be in the New Year's Six Bowl in two or three years. Like if you think about the kids that have left Tucson these last two years, especially South Point, shout out to Cam Denson, you could literally field a team to go to the Pac-12 championship. It's just guys are now are going east, they're going to the Big 12, they're going to SEC, they're going right. to ACC. They just want to get away because ball isn't what it should be. But give it a couple of years, give it the right guy, you're there. Like when Rich Rock got let go, the guy I wanted was PJ Fleck. Mm. I felt like he was the kind of guy that would put us on the map. He's a hard edge guy. And, uh, you know, he's about it. And then I met some guys that played for him and ended up saying he's a great guy. He's a father figure. And he's someone who truly cares about the culture. Kids need culture. You need a culture. You need somebody to to set to set the standard. Like for us, when we came in, we had the OGs, you know, Reggie, Reggie Gilbert, uh, Mac Man, uh, Nate Phillips, Trey Griffey. We had guys like that that yep. had the Stoops era and kind of carried that to us. You need to bring some of those guys back. You don't need to follow a monster. You just need to recruit. And final question for me, Marcus, what are you doing these days? We always like to ask, what are you up to these days? Uh, give us kind of an update on, on what, you're, what you've been up to. Staying COVID-free. No, I'm playing. Uh, I do corporate sales out here in Seattle, and I travel when I can. Obviously, with COVID, it's a little harder, but I'm one of those people who can't be stuck in the house. Well, Marcus Griffin, we really appreciate it. You can find him on Twitter at RealMG96. He tells it like it is. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate that he's a loyal wildcat, and uh, we definitely hope to speak with you again here on the podcast soon. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you, Marcus Griffin, for joining us here in Wildcat Country. Uh, I appreciate I said this multiple times on the air. He's outspoken, and I appreciate that about him, and we'd love to have him back on the podcast. I, I, I love a, a loyal alumnus, and uh, Marcus Griffin is certainly uh, that. Um, Shane, we're going to stick to football in this podcast. We're going to talk some basketball uh, during our regular podcast this week. We're going to also talk about the recruiting impacts, maybe some of the financial impacts. We'll have some, uh, have some guests on that looking forward to, to talking with um, – you know, about, about the Wildcats and, and, you know, how this whole someone transition is going to go down. And, you know, they, they were able to find a donor uh, uh, to, to pay off the majority of Kevin Sumlin's contract, it sounds like. Uh, so thank you to that donor. Um, some names have been thrown out there, but, but thank you so much for doing that. I think all football fans are grateful for that. Um, Shane, I would assume this week we're not going to see a lot of action here. Maybe some more rumors of who's in and who's out. But I can't imagine we're going to see any hire made before the weekend. Yeah, like you said, we talked about at the beginning of the segment. I, I, uh, I, I don't think we're going to see an official uh, announcement. If it again, if it is Brennan, if it's Brent Brennan, and it sounds like he's the favorite at the moment. Uh, I did like some of the names that Marcus uh, Griffin mentioned as well. Um, but if Brennan is the guy, I can't imagine they're going to make an announcement uh, before uh, the championship game. And you wonder if he's even going to take time to interview before them because he, I'm sure he's going to want to focus on that game. Um, I'm sure there's some mutual interest there already, uh, but. Yeah, I would wouldn't be surprised if your timeline was correct, Eric. I'm I'm starting to learn not to doubt you. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Uh, but um, well, in terms of your uh, your picks against the spread, it is. 
but as far as this goes, uh, you know, if it plays out the way that, that it, it sounds like it will, then yeah, we might have an, a coach to talk about um, a week from today as of this recording. And uh, again, young up and comer, a guy who looks at this job as a promotion rather than a demotion or, or a stepping stone. And Brennan certainly seems to fit that category. Yeah, listen, and there's another guy out there, and uh, you and I know his brother, Kenny Dillingham, who's the offensive coordinator at Florida State. I know he's interested in the job. Went to ASU, also uh, coached Chaparral High. Really uh, young brother, guy, isn't he? He's like 30 years old. 30. He's a, he's a rising star in the profession. His brother, Kyle, I went to went to high school with and have known for uh, for many years, and he's a, he's a great guy. But Kenny Dillingham, uh, definitely a candidate for this position. I don't think he gets it. I don't think he's ready just yet, but I think... Uh, I think that's somebody that, you know, uh, can't hurt to talk to him. Graham Harrell, current offensive coordinator at, uh, at USC, who, who certainly should get an interview, uh, for some job at some point. Uh, he's a, he's a rising star in the profession, USC undefeated. But, uh, I think right now, Brent Brennan seems like the right fit for me and you. And especially if you can bring Joe Salavea with him, uh, sign me up. And I think we will see a higher, I'm going to guess, uh, before Christmas. And I, that, that is my bold prediction. And I'm confident in that. And I think Wildcat football, we're going to forget about this loss as best we can and, and really move on with building a future team in the coming weeks. And that, to me, is exciting. Now we've gotten some excitement back in the program, no matter who we hire, and got rid of the stale Kevin Sumlin era, as it certainly sounded like per Marcus. So this was Arizona's first winless season since 1899. I will make a bold prediction, Eric. We will not have two winless seasons in a row, and Arizona's losing streak will come to an end at some point in 2021. I sure hope so, Shane. That was painful, but it'll be nice. Nice to actually presumably have a coach who once again cares uh, about this job. And uh, regardless of who Dave Hickey brings in, I'm confident it's going to be somebody who's passionate and and can build the culture as, uh, as Marcus Griffin said. So I think that's very important. And we admire that, that Rich Rod did that. And Kevin Sumlin, unfortunately did not seem like it. And uh, so happy to move on from that, but Shane will be back midweek. We'll talk more about football. We'll talk uh, men's and women's basketball still combined undefeated. The great uh, butt kicking of ASU uh, on uh, what was that? That was uh, Thursday night. That's the only U of A ASU game I can recall. By the women's basketball team. That's right. So we, yep. we thank them. We're, we're going to talk about that and the men's team. And uh, for my co-host, Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you midweek. And as always, bear down. Bear down.